Hello everyone and welcome to Therapy in a Nutshell. I'm Emma McAdam, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the podcast where I condense mental health skills into bite-sized nuggets of help. This may surprise some of you to hear, but when I teach in front of a large group, I get really nervous. My hands start sweating and they go ice cold. Um, I sometimes get shaky in my voice, or I often get that like crazy stinky armpit sweat. And even though I actually really enjoy presenting and teaching, um, what's happening in my brain is that it sees all these people in the audience as a threat, and it essentially turns off the thinking part of my brain. It pumps out a bunch of stress chemicals, and it goes into this protective mode. This is our body's physical reaction to anxiety and it makes it hard to solve problems and to control our behaviors. In this video, you're going to take that anxious feeling you already know, and you're gonna explore it. You're gonna learn more concretely how it works, why it messes with your brain in the way it does, and then you're gonna learn a few ways to calm it down so that you can turn on your thinking brain to make better choices instead of getting stuck in your limbic system. And if you don't know what a limbic system is, don't worry, I'll be covering that here too. So have you ever done something really dumb when you've been scared or stressed out or angry? You're not alone. You know, have you ever wondered why do my hands get all cold and sweaty when I'm anxious? Or why does my stomach hurt when I'm worried? Many people don't know that the way their body responds to stress or anxiety is really a reaction intended to keep us safe from danger. Your brain has many different emotional responses, But in this video, we're mostly going to focus on the fear response because that's the one that often leads to the worst reactivity in our part. We freeze, we get anxious, we feel hopeless, we get angry. All of this stems from the fear reaction in your brain. So understanding how your brain works can help you learn how to stop reacting to emotions and stop doing stupid stuff that you regret later. And this can help you live a happier life where your actions line up with who you want to be. Okay, so let's talk about how your brilliant brain works. Um, The brain is really complex. I am not a neuroscientist, but to simplify, there are three main systems in your brain. The brainstem, the limbic system, and the cortex. Now, the brainstem is also known as the reptile brain. It's ancient. Its job is to make sure you stay alive. It runs your body's basic functions like uh, reflexes, eating, breathing, heart rate, and temperature. All the information relayed from the body to the brain and vice versa from the brain to the body has to go through the brainstem. This part of your brain can keep you alive even when the other parts are damaged. This is what a vegetative state is. And this part of your brain also takes precedence over the others. So when you pass out, this part of your brain keeps your heart beating when you aren't thinking or feeling anything. Okay, second part is the limbic system. This is also called the mammal brain. So this is the part of the brain that manages emotions and relationships. This is also the part of the brain where anxiety originates. This part of the brain is more advanced than the reptilian brain. Uh, Mammals, for example, have a lot greater emotional range than a snake. And this helps us survive. So if you imagine a wolf, it can um, care for its young and it can work together with its herd. And all of this is thanks to the more advanced features of this emotional part of the brain. So anger, fear, love, jealousy, these are all rooted in the limbic part of the brain, the mammal brain. Uh, This part of the brain is also uh, reactionary and emotional. And we're going to learn why this is also brilliant, right? It's helpful and purposeful. But if we don't learn how to manage it, 
it can also lead to us being reactive and impulsive. The limbic system houses the amygdala and the hypothalamus. When the amygdala stimulates the hypothalamus, this is what initiates the fight or flight response. The hypothalamus sends signals to the adrenal glands to produce hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol. The amygdala is also the part of the brain that learns what to be afraid of and what is safe. The third part of our brain is the cortex, right? This houses the human brain. This is the part that we often think of as our brain. It holds conscious thinking, reasoning, memory, planning for future, um, organizing, prioritizing, complex problem solving, uh, making choices, self-reflection, goals, direction, and values, right? So even though this part of the brain seems like it's the most important, it's actually the lowest in the hierarchy. Um, the two lower sections focus on survival, and that usually takes precedence over thinking. Not always, but usually, right? For us to understand our emotions, it's important to understand how our brains respond to threats. So the deeper levels of the brain sense survival threats and then trigger emotions, instincts, and subconscious drives that we aren't even aware of. When we feel threatened, our brain shuts down the higher functions and activates a more primitive state. The greater threat that we're facing, the deeper the level is activated in our brain. So a, a really big threat would be something like a massive drop in blood pressure. In this situation, the brain turns off your thinking, it turns off the cortex, you black out, that makes you get horizontal, which uh, helps your blood pressure go back up and tries to keep you alive, right? But this isn't the most common way that our brain turns off. More commonly, when we're highly emotional, we get stuck in the limbic system. This is when the emotional brain takes over. Now, there's a good reason for this, right? Over the last thousands of years, humankind's biggest struggle was for survival in the face of physical dangers like wild animals, heights, or attacks from warring groups. When faced with a real and immediate danger, like, like a tiger, our instincts take over and try to keep us safe. The limbic system triggers our protective response, and we have three main reactions. Fight, run away, or freeze. Now, we don't think this or choose this. It happens much faster than we can think, right? So uh, a couple of times when I've been out working in the desert, I have stepped right next to or right over a rattlesnake. And when you hear that rattle go off, you've already jumped like a foot. Like, and then you start thinking. Like, it's crazy how fast that reaction happens and your body is just flooded with adrenaline, right? So it, it's like so much faster than you can think. The fight-flight reaction actually turns down the thinking part of our brain, and it sends power to the senses and to the muscles. This is kind of like in Star Trek when they lower the lights on the bridge to put all power on their weapons. The cortex actually gets sidelined, that's the thinking part, and the limbic system, the impulsive reactionary instinctive part in our brain that focuses purely on survival, this is the part that gets amped up. Now, not thinking can be really helpful if you're facing a tiger because it's not going to do you that much good if you spend five minutes trying to plan out your next move only to get eaten. However, not thinking isn't much help if your danger is public speaking and your prefrontal cortex just shuts down, or if you're asking out a date and your brain turns off, right? Now, our body is doing other things to try to keep us safe, right? It sends extra blood to the big muscles, so you could punch that tiger or run away from it, right? It decreases blood flow to our hands and our feet, and that's why your hands get cold and sweaty. It turns on the adrenal glands to pump out adrenaline to give you that quick burst of energy. Uh, this also makes you feel shaky. 
it turns off the digestive system because it's more important to use that blood flow to escape the tiger than it is to digest whatever you've eaten, right? So this uh, part of the fight, flight, freeze response leads to people having a decreased appetite, um, a tight feeling in their gut, dry mouth. And because your, your uh, digestive system is getting shut off, sometimes people, you know, get the runs or even wet themselves. It tightens the muscles. It heightens some senses. Um, so for example, like your vision gets more pinpointed, um, leading to what can feel like tunnel vision sometimes. And it also makes your breathing become shorter and shallower. Your heart rate also gets faster. The fight, flight, freeze response also turns off the immune system for a short time. And the body sweats to keep cool in case of physical exertion. So that's where all that nasty pit sweat comes from. When there's not a tiger, but your brain perceives modern threats like a work evaluation, a deadline, debt, or just too much stimuli, then we can get triggered into this fight, flight, freeze response too. The fight response often looks like um, anger, shouting, big movements, uh, muscle clenching, right? It can feel like blame, defensiveness, uh, being critical, attacking others physically or just verbally or even inside of our heads. With modern stressors, the flight response can look like running away, escaping, but it can also look like avoiding uh, perceived threats, procrastination, distraction, or just trying not to think about a problem. With the freeze response, there are typically reactions like numbing, shrinking, or hiding. This reaction can keep us safe when fighting or running would put us in danger, or when there's no chance of escape. The freeze response can be like feeling detached from your body or your emotions, or it can have that sensation of feeling like heavy or frozen or leaden or like unable to move your muscles. This can serve a function of making us harder to find or it can make a predator less interested. Um, like this duck and this dog. The duck is pretending to be dead. The dog gets bored. The duck escapes, right? Um, the numbness can also make an attack hurt less. Now within the freeze response is the fawn response. So when we can't fight off or escape an attacker, we sometimes have the instinct to com comply, to appease them, to do anything to make them less angry or to soothe the situation. Now I talk about the freeze fawn response in more of my YouTube videos, but in one of them I tell the story of how when, I w when a stranger groped me on the street, my immediate instinctual reaction was to say, I'm sorry, like as if it was my fault, right? This was not logical, this was not rational, I didn't plan it. It was just my instinct kicking in to keep me safe. And in that situation, it worked, right? The, the whole situation was diffused and I was able to get away. The brain prioritizes survival over thinking. And this is brilliant, right? It makes us quick to react. Um, for example, there have been times where my kids have like fallen off of things uh, more times than I can count. And in a split second, I've been like, shot my hand out and caught them. I'm, I'm grateful for the limbic system and, and its role in keeping me and my kids safe. This ability has helped humans survive for thousands of years. But the fight, flight, freeze response has some downsides. This response is designed to work in short bursts in response to immediate and physical threats. It doesn't work well when this response happens with, you know, perceived threats instead of actual threats. So we might have a fight, flight, freeze response to a work meeting or an email or a request from a friend. Um, we could have a fight, flight, freeze response to a complaint from a spouse or any number of other things. Now, the stress response is also pretty safe in the short term, um, but when we don't resolve that threat, 
our body can get trapped in this elevated state over a long period of time. And this can lead to exhaustion, muscle tension, uh, digestive problems, and frequent illnesses. Um, also, long-term stress can contribute to anxiety and depressive disorders. Another problem with the fight-flight-freeze response is it doesn't help us solve emotional, cognitive, or relational problems. So most of these problems require more complex thinking and problem solving that just isn't happening when your brain is in survival mode. Good news is you don't have to feel trapped by this response. So you can learn to soothe your emotional brain so that you can make better decisions with your thinking brain. You can train yourself to turn off the fight, flight, freeze response and return to a sense of calm. Uh, so, so here are the basic steps on how to do that. The first one is to just become aware of your triggers. So when you can predict that you might get emotional, that gives you a bit of time to pause and slow down before you lose control. A way to do this is to learn to notice your body's signs too. Um, in the course, I've got a survey where you can, you know, check yourself for signs of this fight, flight, freeze response. Now, when you do start to go into it, just notice that you are, you're flooding. I mean, that's the John Gottman term for this, this response, right? You pay attention to what's happening inside of you. you. Just notice your thoughts, notice your sensations from an observer position. And then whenever possible, take a pause. Pay attention to what's happening inside of yourself. Notice your thoughts, your sensations, and your emotions from an observer position. And then whenever possible, pause, right? Pause the conversation or situation for a few seconds. You could just say something like, hang on for a second, hang on, right? Take a break or whatever it is. And then you just try to calm down. Um, remind yourself that you can solve these problems, whether now or in the future, right? And if tensions are too high right then for you to get, you know, get yourself together, then you can ask for a break. This is totally okay. Take a break when things are too intense. And then make sure to commit to coming back to the issue at a certain time. Now, this is really important because if you don't come back to resolve the problem, all those emotions stay trapped inside. And then the next time a little problem comes up, you feel this like irrational reaction to it. Now, while you're taking a break, while you're pausing instead of reacting to your fight, flight, freeze response, take some time to self-soothe. So to, to self-regulate, right? You can do something physically calming, like, like a grounding exercise, um, deep breathing, or going for a walk. Uh, all of these things can help you process those chemicals that were released. And then after you've calmed down, after you've gotten your head about you, come back to the problem from a calmer perspective. Now, sometimes we need help to do this, right? You, you, we sometimes need help to see things from a fresh perspective. So you may want to work through the situation with a friend or a counselor. So in summary, when your deep brain perceives a threat, it turns off your ability to think, and it goes into this protective reactive mode called the fight, flight, freeze response. This physical reaction that our body has is a huge part of anxiety, and it can make it hard to solve problems and control our behaviors. So when you can learn to identify the fight, flight, freeze response, you can learn techniques to calm yourself down, get thinking again, and make better choices. In the next sections of this course, you're going to learn how to train your mind and body to respond differently to threats, to resolve anxiety, and to teach the body to return to calm quickly so that you can think clearly and solve problems. These skills include grounding, how to regulate your nervous system, coping skills, breathing skills, mindfulness, and relaxation skills. Thank you for being here and take care. This podcast was adapted from a YouTube video from my YouTube channel, Therapy in a Nutshell. 
So if you'd like to see more of my videos, check that out and go subscribe on YouTube. Also, you can sign up for my newsletter at www.therapynutshell.com. Thank you for listening and take care.